Right, quickly, before we get on with the episode, we've got an announcement. The MMA Fan Podcast is now sponsored by Free Train. Blake, what's Free Train? Free Train is a fantastic company that do these amazing vests for when you run, when you train. Whether you're going for a run or hitting the bag, you can keep your phone close to your chest. And uh, yeah, they're brilliant. They've got a little pocket for your keys. You know more or do you need to have your phone rumbling around in your pocket or at an awkward angle on your arm or anything like that. You've got the vest on. Phones there, easy access to it. They do some great uh, gloves as well to keep your hands warm and be able to touch the phone and everything. It's all linked up with your phone. So, yeah, they're a fantastic brand. A couple of pockets for your keys, everything you need when you go for a run or if you're hitting the bag training. And you're not just saying this for the sake of it. Before they even become our sponsors, you had one of these vests, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I've, well, I've still got it. I run with it all the time. But yeah, before they became our sponsors, I had one of these vests. They are genuinely brilliant. I really like them. And uh, yeah, I'm really pleased they're our sponsor. And if you want one, if you head over to freetrain.com, when you go shopping and you put all your stuff in your in your basket, just before you check out, if you put in the code MMAFAN, you'll save yourself 10%. Don't say we don't spoil you here on this podcast. 10% off... An amazing vest from Free Train. www.freetrain.com. All right, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello, and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm one half of your presenting duo. I'm Stu Whiffin, sitting opposite me today, as ever. Blake Harrison. How's it going, man? It's all good, thank you, Blake Harrison. Uh, I'm very excited, as this is the first of many Cage Warriors specials today. Yes, yes, we've got interviews coming up with a variety of fighters this week. Also, uh, Mr. President, <laughs> uh, Graham Boylan. The boss we, man. We, we, we hoped the boss, the big boss man. Big Boss Man. When I say that, I can just imagine him dressed like the Big Boss Man from the old school WWF days, in like a bad kind of like policeman's uniform that looks very store-bought, if you rewatch that now. Um, but yes, we have a special Cage Warriors uh, week this week, uh, leading up to the trilogy. Very exciting uh, trilogy of fight cards coming up uh, June 24th, 25th, and 26th. And uh, today we have what you could say is the headliner or one half, one half of the headliners of the whole trilogy, Ian Gary. He is fighting in the main event, uh, uh, Cage Warriors 125 on the 26th of June. Uh, he's fighting against Jack Grant for the vacant welterweight title. It's the end of a little mini tournament that they've done for that. And... Uh, Ian Gary is a, a special kind of interview, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, it lasts about five minutes. He didn't have a lot to say, really. He was a pretty quiet fellow, wasn't he? And uh, we just wrapped it up really quickly. Far from it. It was glorious. Um, he, I mean, he's the future by his own, you know, by his own name. Um, incredible. The energy that, that that comes across is so infectious. It's it's one of the most exciting interviews i think we've done uh you know it was incredible right it's really great i mean i think he's one of the most exciting prospects in mma at the moment uh he's currently six and oh but don't let a record of only six fights fool you he's 
He's damn good. Mm. And uh, he's just got everything to be a potential star, mm. I think. He talks incredibly well. He has a huge amount of confidence. And I know we've seen, we've seen that before, particularly from uh, uh, another uh, Irish gentleman. Um, but he, he does it in such a lovely way. He's got a smile on his face and he, he, he truly loves his job. Mm. He loves fighting. And there's something incredibly likable about him on top of this huge amount of self-belief. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic interview. There's a lot of laughs. Yeah. It goes to a few places that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, it's really great. You're in for a real, real treat. Absolutely. Um, a few, uh, just a quick thank you to, to Cage Warriors for, for hooking us up with uh, so many fighters uh, that we're going to be releasing episodes with in the, in the coming weeks. So, so, so big thanks to, to Cage Warriors. And also, um, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, then when you uh, get to the end of this episode, go and have a look in the archives because we've only been going a few months and we feel like we've had, well, we've been so lucky in, in, in the guests that we've had on. So, Let's reel a few off. Who, who, who can people go and listen to? Oh, so, I mean, well, the huge one recently, should be out by now, mm-hmm. uh, is UFC featherweight champion of the world, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Uh, we've also got an uh, interview that will either be dropping very soon or has already dropped, mm. because I, I, I'm not sure when they're getting released, but Angela Hill, UFC legend Angela Hill. Uh, then we've also had uh, the, the who's who, really, of, of British MMA. We've had... Brad Pickett, Jojo Calderwood, uh, Arnold Allen. Jack Shaw. Uh, Brett Johns. Jack Shaw, Brett Johns. Oh, the, the list goes on and on and on. We've had... Molly McCann. And there's this other guy that was... Uh, he done all right in Cage Warriors, I think, and he's just signed a contract for another organisation. He, he, Paddy the Baddie something. Oh, like, yeah, some, some guy uh, called... Yeah, Pat, 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 <laughs> Patrick the, the Baddie. Something or like the, Yeah, something like that. Yeah. No, of course, it's Paddy Pimblett. And, yes, uh, Hopefully he will have a fight booked up very, very soon. We're very excited about his UFC debut. Um, So, yeah, we've got some absolutely fantastic interviews there. And also, if if you want something a little bit more, even more lighthearted, we've had interviews with with Lee Mack, with Ben Shepard, star of the in-betweeners, Emily Head, star of King Gary, uh, Laura Checkley. So we're doing these very interesting star of this is England, Thomas Turgus. Yes. So we, we and we get a very a more lighthearted look at at MMA and we get these people to watch a fight, usually for the first time. A lot of them have never seen an MMA fight before. And we look at it, we sort of break it down, but we also talk about the kind of misconceptions of MMA and how these people felt about MMA before watching the fight, and then how they feel about MMA after watching the fight. And in pretty much every instance people are realizing that there's far more to MMA and develop more of a, an understanding of it and an appreciation for it, which is always lovely to hear. Okay. Should we get on with it? Let's get on with it. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Ian, the future Gary. Sorry again, guys, we're going to briefly interrupt the podcast to tell you about a new movie called Embattled. Embattled is starring Stephen Dorff. It's written by David McKenna, who wrote American History X and Blow. Uh, You will also see cameos from Tyrone Woodley and Kenny Florian in this film. And it's the story of a tumultuous relationship between a father and his son. And did I mention that both father and son are MMA fighters? So... 
This could be right up your street. It's available from the 5th of July on digital download. Check it out. There we go. Hey, there we go. There he is. Hi, Ian. How are you doing, mate? Look at that. I've got a filthy fucking cut that I got yesterday. I look like I was some fucking skin and condition or something. <laughs> oh, We'll just say it. We'll say it's like lipstick or something. You oh, know, we'll just nice. rotate them. Like. I said it looks like some birds just came up and planted around me as I tried to pull away. <laughs> um, now it's just a horrible uh, bit of Velcro from the gloves. Just frank, someone frank. Oh, nasty! Oh, yeah, and I tell you what, they're just irritating. But yeah, do you know what? This is more than anything I've ever left a fight with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just getting <laughs> hit, lads. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Well, look, we're going to go straight. I mean, whereabouts are you today anyway, Ian? I am in my uh, apartment in Dublin. Nice, nice. Yeah, you can see the backdrop here. It, it's, it's lovely, actually. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, this is the new office me and the Mr. Setup. So we've got a nice, um, we've got my six fights at the moment. So I frame all my, my shorts and all my girls and I get my favourite photo. And then the winning photo of the team. And uh, yeah. We have a nice big wall behind us for when we get the belt and uh, the winning one up for that. Oh, lovely. <laughs> nice one. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, we're good, good mate. mate. We're good. Good, mate. Well, we're talking about belts and, and, and we'll get to that, but we always like to start this podcast by kind of going back. Uh, and so, Ian, to start with, just want to know how you come to get involved in combat sports and why. Uh, so, when I was younger, I always used to... I was always an active kid. I was always playing sports. I was, I was from the ages of four, five, and six. I was out running, playing football, like playing ga, which is an Irish sport. Um, so Gaelic and hurling. I was off playing them with my friends. And then towards the age of nine, ten, I always I had an interest in in boxing. So I ended up joining a boxing club. <laughs> had Jesus, God knows how many fights when I was when I was a kid in boxing, like. Um, fell away out of boxing and um, broke my arm playing hurling went back club wasn't the same so then I put all my time into a different sport decided I didn't want to do that anymore then I put all my time into judo I got my judo black belt then just before I finished school and I when I went to college I was like you know what this is just after Connor was Complete had, had had been the double champion, done everything, and kind of MMA was booming. The energy around MMA and all was booming, and I was like, "That's it, I'm joining an MMA team." And I haven't looked back since that day. It feels like about yesterday since I've joined that gym, and life was just gone like a flash. So, did you say you had uh, like obviously there wouldn't be professional fights, but as a kid, you had like I suppose what would they be like kid championship oh, fights or amateur fights or anything like that? There's there's no difference between like. The, the, the mentality, like, I was going in there, I'd say I had about 300 boxing fights as a child. Really? Dude, I, I fought from, I think it was 11 till 14, and I remember I was fighting basically more or less every Tuesday and Thursday night. Because I was, I was at the, I, like, I was, I was one of the better lads in the country, and I, I was only tiny. Like, I remember, like, I think it was boy one, which is when you're 11, boy two is 12, boy three, 13, and I think I was, like, 30, 30, six kilos 36 kilos 38 kilos maybe 40 42 but i think i had about 60 people in my division at one stage 
And they were like, there's so many obvious that we need to make it fair. So we just fought every Tuesday and Thursday for a couple of weeks in a row. And I ended up winning that whole competition. Um, but it was just something I really enjoyed. And it's something to this day that I've always enjoyed is boxing. Um, it's it's kind of like that, is, that would have been my roots. That would have been where like, my pillar and my foundation, where I started, would, would have always been boxing. But over the last couple of years, it's absolutely progressed into... I want to be a master at everything. Like I want to, I want, I want to be that good at everything. But um, no, I really enjoy it. I, 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 when I was a kid, they were they were big competitions. Like they were, they were good. They were really good. They were, and it was a lot of dedication for a, a young, like a, a young boy to be doing was to go in there, and make weight. I'd always be dying for the chicken fitter roll or the, or the breakfast roll you'd get after. <laughs> you'd go in, you'd weigh in in the stadium, all these, and then you'd, you'd go get a chicken fitter roll and spire down the road. And then you'd fight the next day or something. It was, it was great crack. And uh, I don't know what a great, great team, great bunch of people that I enjoyed it with. And then when I went to go back after I broke my hand, a couple of them had left. And, or I broke my hand, a couple of them had left and it wasn't the same. So, but um, it's a little club in Donamead called Trinity Boys that I would, I thought would always have a, a special place in my heart because that would have been where my, my first kind of memories of martial arts or combat sports would be. So I've, um, I've, Still got friends to this day from, from that club and I look forward to making many more throughout uh, my journey through martial arts. You you mentioned that uh, one of the, the, the big influences uh, that, that inspired you to, to, to go and join an MMA club was was the, the, the sort of global rise of Connor. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about, as, as, as somebody, you know, from Dublin, how that, that meteoric rise to global superstardom impacted on young people in Dublin and the MMA community. And, you know, how many people surged to clubs to, like, like you did? Yeah, it's kind of funny because it puts a smile on my face straight away, like the thoughts back to because when, when I think about Conor's rise and when I think about, obviously his rise was phenomenal. Everybody knows he went in, he'd done what he said he was going to do. He had the best time doing it. He made, like, it was um, it was amazing. Um, but for me, I was like, I think I was 16, 17 at the time. And I was in school. So like for me, like when I'd walk in, I'd watch the fight on a Saturday night and then I'd come into school on Monday morning. And that was where all the talk happened. I'd just wait to chat to my mates on school. Tutor class, so you'd get in with your class of people that you're always in. And me, I remember the lads, um, there was always these lads, David and Peter, I was just talking, David was mad into it as well. And we used to sit there and every press conference, every fight, every time Connor got on the mic, we was like, who the fuck is that guy? All this shit. <laughs> We'd just be walking around the halls and someone would just say something that he said in an interview and it would just be screamed down the hall back. So for me, his rise brings back good memories of just, did you see that? Where you'd like, you see him, and you'd like, did you see that? Oh, that, and you talk about it, and you just lose where you are. And that's what kind of that brings back to me. And I suppose that's what excites me about my career as well. It's like, I want people to have what I have. I want people to have that, like, excitement, that, like, talking of kind of spirit where they're like, did you see what that fella did? Did you hear what he said? I think it's, I like I want to I want to be the guy that makes statements, makes like makes noise, and and keeps consistently doing it time and time again. But uh, yeah, his rise was phenomenal. It was something that definitely definitely did light fire underneath a lot of a lot of younger younger um, 
younger teens and like a lot of older people. Just, actually, suppose it doesn't matter what age you are. A lot of it lit a fire on MMA, and people started to join it because they're kind of. And you know what? I don't know. I, like I don't know. I probably would have ended up finding my way towards MMA, but if it wasn't for how well he did, I probably wouldn't have gone to MMA as fast as I did and and, and put my head down and went, I'm, I'm going to do this. What you've just said there, in, in regards to uh, you want to be somebody that you know makes these statements, and I mean. You're getting there pretty quick, mate. Like everybody, you know, the, the attention that's on you is, is 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 not too dissimilar from the attention that was yeah. on Conor way back then. And with that in mind, um, I mean, confidence doesn't seem to be an issue from where I'm sitting. Well, for me, um, <laughs> but um, just how how are you finding that kind of? The attention that's on you and the and the pressure. Do you feel the weight of expectation of of, of doubling and, and 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 further afield? So I lo- I love people asking me this question because it's a very easy one for me to answer. In a sense of no, I don't feel the pressure because I put more pressure on myself than anybody else in the world could. The reason I, I like as you say, like I've got so much hype and like the confidence. The confidence isn't like it's not like I'm a cocky brick and I'm confident just beyond like belief it's i work my ass off day in and day out two to three times a day and i i've earned where i am to this day i've earned the skills that i have i've earned the spot like in like fighting for the belt you know what i mean i've earned everything like and that's that's my attitude is i've if someone says to me they've done this i'm like yeah i've already done that like i've done like i'm i'm and if i haven't gotten to that point i'm going to do that just give me time i'm on my i'm on the road i'm gonna get there like the path is set. I'm putting the work in. I'm working my ass off. I'm going to get where I need to be. It's just about time. Like, as I say to people, I am inevitable. Like, it's going to happen. It's just about time. Like, I could fight in the UFC right now if I'd put the time in and I'd got the contract. Do you know what I mean? But I'm not there yet. My career is just, it's one step up the ladder every single time. And that's why when I go into the fight, I put on the best performance I can. I don't rush anything. I'm not in there trying to panic. Nice and calm. It's like, you, you've worked here. You, you deserve to be in this spot. My coach, Chris Field, says something to me every time we're out the back. And he, bring, he brings it on himself. And it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a really powerful thing for him to say. Every time we, we just have a chat, and I'm sitting there, like hands back, laying down on the ground, or chilling out sitting because I don't like warming up. I just sit there. Like, we do a warm-up, and then I'm like, hey, I'm done. I'm like, I know what I'm going to go out there and do. Just, just... And, like, I don't like people talking in my ear and, like, trying to big me up. But it's like, I know how confident I am. But Chris says to me, he was like, I love this. Like, this is my passion. But, Ian, you're born to do this. Like, this is you. Because, like, when I get into that energy, when, I, when I'm standing at the back and I'm walking into a fight, no one has pushed me harder than me. No one expects anything more than I expect. And no one's going to do as much as I'm going to do in that cage. because. It's all, it is all about me. So when you talk about pressure and you talk about like confidence and say, it's all, it's all been worked on. It's all like, I've gotten to this point because I worked my ass off and because I absolutely enjoy it. Like the reason I, I, I look so good now is because I absolutely enjoy every second of it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm sick and twisted up here. I love, I love causing harm. <laughs> But is that, so is that effectively, it sounds to me like that's very much a cure for, 
you know, people talk about nowadays things like imposter syndrome yeah. or, uh, you know, just self-doubt and stuff like that. But for you, if, if what I'm hearing is correct, just the, the amount of work you put into what you do mm-hmm. is the complete cure for that. You don't have to worry about no. self-doubt or imposter syndrome because you know that for where you are in your career, you've done more than enough work to handle that. 100%. And like, don't get me wrong. There is absolutely times where like, and I will say this, I hate the day of the fight. Like my coach Chris said it to me last time. He's like, go upstairs and, go upstairs and chill out. We're fighting later on. And I was like, no, I want to chat the ears off everyone here. Like, I don't want to think about anything. Like, I got to sit down at the table with the two of and chat about absolute bollocks. And then just go, right, I've got to, I've got to go to work. Like, you know what I mean? I just, because if I go upstairs and sit in my bed and I'm just sat there like that, laying down, I'm going, your brain just goes off on one. And you're like, what if yeah. this guy does this? And But he's really good at this. And what if he does that? And you're just like, that's like, yeah, I'm realistic. Like I, I, like, I know everyone I step into the cage with has the potential to beat me. I mean, it's MMA. If my Nana put on four, four ounce gloves and, and hit me a solid, like, she could knock me out. Do you know what I mean? It's not like I, I'm invincible. Like, I walk around like I am because, as I said, I've worked my ass off to feel this feeling, but I'm completely confident in everything I've done to know that if I end up in the worst position I possibly could imagine, that I have a way out. That if mentally something affects me, I'm strong enough to go, do you know what? Fuck off. Like, I'm, I've got something to work on. So that's basically it. It's, it's, there's no... There's no bullshit there's no like fake persona or about anything it's just literally I, I, it is what you get like it is what it is you get what you get with me it's like i will never change like i am going to be this confident loud like tall blonde fella that is just gonna keep consistently being himself from day one to the very end like you'll hear me before you see me you'll go oh here's this oh he's gonna watch it yeah. like, that's, <laughs> so, like, that, and that's always gonna be the same but like at the end of the day, the more I win, the more I have it. And it's like, right, well, if I keep winning, I can run my mouth all I want. <laughs> well, do you know what? The, the thing that really comes across to me is that you 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 have a slight, if I can use the word, slight cockiness about the way you do yeah. things. But you you have also, you're using a bit of like self-deprecation yeah. in the way that yeah. you're, you're doing it. And you've got a massive smile on your yeah. face. <laughs> so... For for me, that's that's a winner because you kind of, yeah. uh, I know that you know yeah, yeah. what you're saying. You're not, <laughs> and that's you know, exactly you're exactly not... what I say to my opponents. I know that you know I'm going to beat you, but you're trying to convince yourself <laughs> that you're going to beat me. Now I get it. I get it. You have to do that. But deep down, when I look at you, you know. <laughs> Well, I, I was more going for the you know how how it comes across, and there's an element of of playfulness yes, uh, yes, uh, to course, it, yeah. which I think would would make you a more a way more endearing yes. personality yeah. as a fighter than someone that just walks in there and with no smile on their face, mean mugging people yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, just kind of saying all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It, to me, as someone that likes you know fighters that I think are just nice people yeah. as well. I like people that have a bit of cockiness, a bit yeah. of humour, but also that that element of look, we're we're all just having fun, and 100%. I love my job and all that kind of stuff. Like for me, when I think about stuff like that, it's <laughs> I can be a prick when I want to be a prick, right? <laughs> Everyone has that in them, right? But 
I never want to come across as I never want someone to go, he's a fucking dickhead. Do you know what I mean? I never want that because I have, as you say, that playful attitude. I have that, like, people will call me cocky, and that's fine. But cocky to me isn't an insult. It's like, well, if you think I'm cocky, it's because you don't understand how hard I've, I've worked to get to where I am. It's yeah. complete and utter confidence. And when I say something, it's not, it's not like I'm, I'm speaking complete nonsense. It's like, if I tell someone I'm going to be a world champion in five years, and they go, he's so tipped, you know what I mean? Thinking, I'm like, watch, let me, let me prove you wrong. I'll give you a call in five years and we'll talk. Um, but like, I never want people to be like, he's a prick, you know what I mean? He's wrecked my head. I want, I want people to go, oh, I don't know. I don't know about him. It's just like, I, I want to walk into a, sm- in, into a room with a smile on my face and I want to leave the room with a smile on my face and I want people to think, I'm a nice guy, but at the end of the day, if you say it's the wrong thing, like, when we get into that cage, it's like, you better, you better run. Like, I, I'm like, there's no fucking about when it, when, like, when that flip, when that uh, switch gets flipped, it's like, I'm, I'm on, like, it's on. And like, I will do it with a smile on my face as well. I fight, like, when I get to that flow state of me just fighting, it's like, yeah, all right. Exactly where I should be, but there's obviously plenty to be. You know, there's there's plenty of fighters out there, and 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 if like you, they're they're really good fighters. If you've also got that ability to be a really good talker, yeah, you gotta go with that, right? Because that's, that that's what's going to get the column inches. That's what's going to get people engaging, right? Look, as I've said, I can sing, I can dance, I can talk, <laughs> I can walk, I can pretty much do whatever whatever I want. Look, I, I've said this before, right? I chose to do MMA. That's like all this bullshit of someone like I have nothing else in my life. This is all I have. You're full of shit. Go to the local supermarket, stock shelves. You know what I mean? You're just being lazy. Go get a job. You're guaranteed to get a job there. What you don't want is you don't want the normal job. You just want to do MMA. You're saying, this is all I have in life. I'm sure it's not. But you just think it's the best thing to do because you want to be famous. I chose to do this because I love fighting. I love what I do. That's the scariest part about my, about, I think, like when I look at, when I look at the outside of me and I look at me and I assess me, I think that's the scariest part. I don't do this because I have to or like, or I need to. I do this because I want to. Like, I step into that cage going, right, this is going to be fun. Let's have a good time. But um, it's like, I, I just, that's my aspect of it. It's just like, I can, I talk the talk because I know what I'm going to do. I walk the walk because when I win, I'm having the most fun I possibly can. And it's like, I could have chose to do whatever else I wanted to do. And I would have been the best of that if I wanted to be. That's the type of attitude I have. If I, like, like I fucking love golf, right? And I've told Everyone, I started golf a couple months ago, about eight months ago, and I'm loving it, and I'm getting really fucking good at it. And I've told people to say, when I'm finished MMA, I'm going to be a professional golfer, and they're sitting there looking at me going, rolling their eyes, I'm like, <laughs> what? Don't, don't tell me now, children. Just give me time. Oh, amazing. Well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Ian Gary the musical. When that comes <laughs> Mate, dude. I will absolutely put on a black jacket, dye the hair black, <laughs> and I'd be like, hey, my name's Danny. What's your name? Corner of the Well, then you go, we slide in the morning. We slide in the we slide in the The last thing I expected from this interview was to get a rendition of Grease Lightning from, from you. Dude, I'm, I'm so... <laughs> 
the chicks with cream on oh, oh, the chicks with cream. <laughs> go, 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 go. That is one thing I find very disturbing about that musical is that I was watching that musical from a very early age and there's lines in it like yeah. the chicks will cream yeah, yeah, and you're like yeah. how is this allowed you, like, i'm it, pretty sure it, my mum let me watch this musical at the age of like seven i remember I, what's I, happening? I remember, I remember when i when i watched it back and i was like oh shit all right all right that, yeah i'm pretty sure i watched that when i was like eight so you know i mean it's a good like it's a good it's a good music like it's a good film yeah like and it's a very family kind of oriented. Like it, it is cool. Yeah. Like it's like a cool dude. That typical. Like, but yeah, there is there is some stuff. There's a lot of stuff. Like even when you watch, when you go yeah. back and you watch like, The Simpsons and all, there's loads of stuff that you see so from years yeah. ago, and you're like, wow, that should not have been there. <laughs> As a parent now, I'll put something on like, oh, kids, watch this. It was great. Back in the 90s, we'll watch this, whatever. And there's so many problems with most of those films yeah, that yeah. I grew up on. I've, they're like really like disempowering for women. I've got a daughter and me and my wife are yeah. like, oh, we want to make sure, you know, she's watching things that empower her yeah, as like a young woman, all that stuff. There's so many films that you're like, oh God, well, we, we have to stop it about <laughs> like 20 minutes in when we realise it's completely the opposite oh, to that and all that kind of that stuff. Just, that just reminds me, like, when you're saying that there, like my mom, if we were ever watching a film, I'm like, like a sexual scene would come on. She'd like turn straight to my dad and be like, turn it off. <laughs> Skip it. Skip it. More like that on. He's like, what's he going to do? Like, it's a team. They literally can't show that much. Yeah. But she's like, turn it off now. Skip it. <laughs> it's funny. Look, the, the main reason that we're talking right now is that, you know, you're fighting Jack Grant for the well, vacant welterweight title, June 26 at Cage Warriors 125. Yeah. When I look at the two of you, the thing that really stands out, and I think will stand out when they do, you know, the old tale of the tape and all that stuff, is the records. You know, that's the big thing that jumps out is you're six and oh, mm-hmm. Jack Grant is 17 and six. Yeah. You know, it, you know, he's had as many losses of you as you've had fights. Yeah. And he's had almost three times as many wins yeah, as you've had fights. So the obvious question when you look at that, which I'm sure you'll probably be getting a lot from people, is how much do you feel, and I think I know what your answer is going to be, how much do you feel experience will play a part? This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Are in this fight, and if you say not a lot, why? Well, if I said experience and his point of view, wouldn't be like ex- experience is a lot. Yeah, like I'd sit here and argue that, like I'm not stupid. Like again, I've told you these things. When I say something, I'm realistic about things. Jack Ryan has had 23 fights. He's not sorry, some trying to calm me there, lads. 
probably appreciate. No, it's right. You're back. Someone tried to comment. I don't know how that happened. Um, yeah, it's probably someone that's directing the next Grease musical, yeah. like someone know, going, going yeah, on yeah, tour. Or, you know. Know. <laughs> kind of Someone's tapped yeah. onto my phone here from, from the States. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Your Danny Zuko is going to be known throughout the world. Don't worry about it. Someone That, that was someone from Amazon trying to sell me a, a T-Bird's jump, uh, jacket. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, sorry, to, sorry, because you're really into it by someone. Someone's getting an earful when they try to bring me back now. Um, but uh, basically, look, experiences means a lot. Do you know what I mean? He's going to come in here. He's not going to be nervous. Well, I mean, he will be nervous. He looked, he looked, he looked like he was shitting himself before the last fight, and I could see it in his eyes. And if he walks into the cage at me and isn't nervous, I'm, I'm going to have an easy night. I think he needs nerves. Um, look, Jack's a great fighter. And when you, when you talk about records, it's, it's funny because I'm like, all right, I've only had six fights. That's it. Like, I'd be 20 and I've had 20 fights, but I haven't. I've had six. Um, and when you, when, when you say to me, oh, he's 17 and six, I'm like, oh, so six other guys beat him. You don't think I'm going to beat him? Yeah. Six, six guys beat him in the past. Right. And in the last four fights, he's lost how many? Two? Okay. Here against guys that were lighter than me. Smaller. Not as strong. Not as big. Not as fast. Not as skillful. Not as smart. Not, not, not me. There is no me. Can't get me. So I'm like, that's great. He's a good fighter. He's going to bring it. He's going to absolutely want to win this belt. He's going to want to beat me. Right? Great. I love Jack. I, he's, I, I absolutely love him. I have all the time in the I've happily sat down with him and his team and just chatted him for for like hours before I really get along with the guy, and he gets along with me and his team get along with me as far as I'm aware. But like, that doesn't mean we're not going to win now and try to punch the head off each other. Do you know what I mean? I punch my best mates in the face every single chance I get when we're training. So for us, this is a job, and like, I I am not worried in, in any way, shape, or form about his experience. Do I think it will play a factor? Yes, potentially. I think he's been in a lot more situations than I have, purely due to the fact that they've been in fights. But then again, it's like I've been training ridiculously hard for the last, whatever it is, four or five years. There's not many positions that I haven't ended up in. There's not many scenarios that I haven't been in in the gym. Just the fights have gone so easily and I've made them look so so easy because I'm so much better than when I step into the cage with. And like, it's, it's just funny because every single person tells me in a fight, oh, I think this is going to happen. I'm like, if it's not what I've told you is going to happen, then it's not what's going to happen. So I've called every single one of my fights till this day. And I will call this one exactly the same. It, it's, I know what's going to happen because I'm going to go in there and do what I want and no one can stop They can try. I respect that. But it's not how it works. Just looking at the at the, at the last fight, um, oh, no. I watched it again today, uh, oh. and you look big, man. Oh, I do. Uh, wait, 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 and you see me without a top on this time. <laughs> I have put some work in. <laughs> I have been nonstop working on that. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I am big. I'm getting bigger and bigger. Like. Again, like my my coach sends me photos of like three, four years ago, and it's like, what? Like, how is that the same person? And I'm like, 
puberty done me well. It hit me late, but it's done fucking well. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm just like, there was a point where I grew up this way, and now it's it's coming this way, and I'm just starting to get bigger, and my shoulders get wider, and my chest get more for my legs. It's 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 all, again, it's also hard work. Like I'd never done strength and conditioning until I after I, when I fought my pro debut, I broke my hand and I couldn't do anything even though I knew I was, good, I was going to find my next fight pro with cage warriors because I signed the contract. It was only then that I decided to do little bits of strength and conditioning. I was, I had no strength. I was, I was functionally strong in regards to like movement, like levers and my body weight and moving other people. Lift, when it comes to lifting weights and shifting weights and cardio, I was always fit. We just, again, every fight, it just goes up and up and up. I'm bigger, I'm faster, I'm stronger, I'm fitter. And I know you hear people say that every time, oh, it's the best I've felt, it's the best camp ever. It's like, no, I'm genuinely just, I'm on this trajectory and it's just, it's working. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm, getting, re- I'm getting really happy with the progress in my, like, in my physical, like, stature. Like, the, like, my body is growing, like, I'm getting more defined, I'm getting bigger and stronger. And I'm really happy with it because me and my, uh, my PT, John Carroll, we put a lot, a lot of work on it. And I'm really happy because... He is. Um, he's never been able to come to any of my fights live, bar one, um, because we booked it in ages before. So he's going to be in my corner for this fight. And we've been putting work in, week in, week out, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, me and him sitting down talking about what we want to do and where we want to get to for this time. And yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to have him in my corner. He's one, of the, he's one of my best mates. He's probably one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. And He's he's a genius when it comes to training conditions. So me and him have been working my working our asses off, and we're getting to a point now where we're saying like today, even today, we said in six. You know what? I cannot wait till this fight is done, and we get a UFC contract, and we're like, hey, John, we can we can fight in November, or December for UFC. That's one, two, three, four months before we even have to worry about like like training. Can you imagine? Oh, Luke Rockhold better watch out. I was like, we are going to be the new, the new, the new best looking man in MMA. Once we don't have this shit on my face, you know, we will make sure. But uh, no, we that, that again, again, hard work. I'm, I'm, I'm getting bigger and bigger, and it's stronger and stronger, and I'm really, really happy with the progress that's been making. Can you see yourself in the future going up? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'd, if I like, I've said I'd love to go up and fight for the um, the middleweight belt purely because my teammate James Webb and my teammate, um, well, my coach, Chris Fields, had it. Um, and I just like to have, like, Chris, Webby, and me all having it. But at the same time, like, I'm not closing any options. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, I'm just taking this fight and then we'll, we'll, we'll see what's in, what the future holds, per se. But um, I, I absolutely can see myself playing the middleweight. I think I smoke most middleweights as well. Like, I'm, I'm a big dude. And, like, it's like, I cut to make 77. It's like, so I can eat pretty much all I want and fight 84. It's like, all right, great, fine, let's do it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not scared of a bigger lad. Like, is it going to happen? I'm still going to punch him in the mouth and he's going to be like, what is this? And again, it's, I, I'm, this is where I win fights. Like, not because of my physical size and not because, like, I have that one punch knockout power and that's absolutely ridiculous. Like, everyone knows Connor's got a straight left. It's like, no, I, I beat people up here. Like, I'm just smarter than people. That's so, it doesn't matter what way it's at. You spoke about the UFC. Yeah. And one thing I've heard you say in previous interviews is you're not interested in being a short notice replacement. 
no. for anyone. When when you go to the UFC, it's because the UFC see value in you, 100%. and they come to you yep. and give you a contract. Like what? That's a very confident thing to say, mm-hmm. and it's very. I would I would argue that that's a when the when the when the contract's in front of you, that's probably a very difficult thing. But I don't 100%. the way you speak about it, I don't doubt you at well, all. I I think that's exactly what you'll you'll do. You'll wait for that right opportunity when the deal's right for you. I, I absolutely understand where you're going with this one, and I do and I, I, there's a right place and a right time to take a short notice fight. Right? If I go in and I sign so let's let's just go in the future. I beat Jack Round, I win the world title. And the UFC offered me a contract. And they go, we, can you fight in three weeks' time? And it's like, well, I've just had, let's just say, let's just say it, it went to this decision, right? Just so you're getting the longest fight you possibly can. Yeah. I'm going, right, well, I've just put my, my body to 20, like 25 minutes of hard work. I've cut weight. I want a break. I'm not going to go in and take a short notice fight against someone who's been ready for a fight at the same time and hasn't had what I've just done. It's like, that's pointless. I don't see the I don't see the point in that. If I'm if I've gone in and I've fought my UFC debut and I went and I finished someone in a round and there's a fight in two weeks later or three weeks later and they go, oh, X has dropped out from the fight. I'm like to Chris, wanna step in? Like I'll do it and we'll see what we says. And that's it. That's when we do it. But I'm not taking what I mean by that is I'm not taking a short notice fight from my debut because when I make my debut, that is going to be I. I want that like when like I do believe that UFC contract is inevitable. I think I'm going to work my ass off to get it, and I have worked my ass off to get it. And I think it's only a matter of time before I get it. And I I, I cannot wait till that day. Like I'm I I want to be the best fighter in the world, and the UFC are the best platform in the world for fighters, and everyone knows that. And as long as the UFC are the best platform in the world, that's where I'm going to want to be. So. I want to get that contract. I will work my ass off to get that contract. But I also know my value, right? I know how, how, like, how big I can be because as I've said earlier on, we can talk to talk, we can walk to walk, we can sing, we can dance, we can do whatever we need to. But I don't want to rush into this career. I want to go, right, when I sign for that, when I sign my contract and I have my first fight in UFC, I want people to go, holy shit. Right, this is it. This kid's the next. This kid is the future. He is the next big thing. I want to even now put a statement down, and I want. And I will absolutely fight three, four times a year consistently every year because I don't get injured. It's something I try to stay away from. Like I, I train smart. I'm not an idiot. My team aren't idiots. Like we train smart. Like obviously, little injuries happen every now and then, but that's because of the nature of the sport we're involved in. But I want to go in there and. I want to make statement after statement after statement, and there will be a right time and a place for short and all fights. My pro debut, my, my my UFC debut, is not the not the time for that. With, with that in mind, the, the, it, it seems that you know you've got a vision that it's it, you know that once you've got the belt, you're going to go to UFC, uh, and you said about making statement after statement after statement, and if you know if you can deliver that, then we know that you know you can make a hell of a lot of money in yeah. the UFC. However, there are other organisations mm-hmm. where we're seeing not just kind of what, what initially looked at maybe fighters that had reached their peak in the UFC and have now gone it. Now we're seeing yeah. a lot of different fighters yeah. in, in, in Bellator yeah. and we're hearing a lot of fighters saying that 
there's more money yeah. there. And so with that in mind, that's that's are you is your kind of plan more about cementing legacy and and and, and ticking the boxes and, and doing what you want to do and with that you're confident the money will come from that. That's, you've hit the nail on the head there. Nail on the head. You know what I want is for when like a podcast or people just have a conversation in the gym or the streets or in the, anywhere. And they go, who do you think is the best person in MMA? And they go, oh, and it could be GSP, it could be John Jones, Anderson Silver, Fedor, Demetrius Johnson, Ian Gary. That's, <laughs> that's the goal. And I respect Great. anyone who, who steps into that cage. Like, do you do what you want, right? I'm not, I'm like, I'm not going to shit on someone's career because of their life choice and what they want to do. Like, I understand I'm very fortunate in the position I am to, do, to be able to work to where I want to be. And I don't have a family, like, I don't have a child to feed or like, I don't have a, a lot of responsibilities outside of myself, really. So I'm, I can work for myself and better myself and get to the point where I want to be. But the best fighters in the world are all in the UFC. And I want to make a legacy. I want to make my name and I want to have my name in that conversation. That is, that is the exact conversation I want people to say, but, oh, but Ian Gary's in the best, best to ever do it. Like. And when I get to that point, as you've already alluded to, the money will come. Like, I'm not, like, I don't think if you sat here and asked me, well, I want 100 million. Who, who in the world is going to say no to 100 million? Do you know what I mean? But, like, who, tell me in MMA, who's got 100 million? One person, two people? Connor? Mm. Khabib? That's about it. Yeah. Seems to be me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that's, but that's because they are global, global superstars. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you look back at like, I, when you look back at like, I suppose it's not even, it's not even a legacy I want to leave in regards to fighting. It's like, I want to be like a Michael Jordan. I want to be like a Tiger Woods. I want to be like a Connor. I want to take the, the sport by storm. I want to take over it, like Messi, Ronaldo, all these guys that everyone just watches. Whether they know anything about the sport or they don't, they just watch to see the, the, the athlete, to see the work being done, to see the skill level, to see just pure excellence. You know what I mean? Like just the, how the sport or how the game or whatever it is should be done. That's what I want. And that, like, the money will come if I do everything I say I'm going to do. I'm not worried about money. Do you know what I mean? I said, if I, if I wanted to get paid, I'd go get a nine-to-five job and work my ass off every day and make sure that I'm ensuring that I get a solid wage day in, day out. And I'm guaranteeing that when I have kids and my family, I'll be paid for. But I'm not because it's not what I want to do. It's not what I enjoy. I want to go in there and make a legacy. And yeah, when I do everything I say I'm going to do, I'm going to sit back here and miss how it's going to be years ago. Glad I made that decision, boys. <laughs> I'll be amazed if you haven't bought another couch by the point you said, like, 100 billion in the bank. I don't, I don't, know, I don't man, think that couch is going to still be there. I don't know. I've said, I've said this to my missus. I said, even if we get, like, even if all goes well in a couple of years and we're getting, like, bigger houses, I'm like, I kind of want to keep this because it's the first house, it's, like, the first place I've, I've gotten yeah. my own. And I don't care what happens. I'll do anything to try to keep this because of the, the memories. I'm a, I like, I, 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 Built this the way I pictured it, like the way we pictured it, the way we imagined it. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. I'm definitely going to need a bigger wall. 
That's yeah, yeah, you'll need a much bigger wall. You're gonna have to start getting much more selective about which fight shorts you frame. You yeah, can't just no. do every single one. Yeah, agreed. I tell you what, the purple, the purple and yellow looks good. I mean, it looks look, really good. They look solid. So it does look good. Yeah, yeah we've got, we've got it, we've got it nailed. Um, but um, yeah, that's that's. Uh, I probably will buy a new couch by then. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. But this place will still be here. <laughs> and so, um, go on, Blake. No, I I was literally going to ask a really stupid question. So go I think ahead. I'm all right. You go, Stu. Right, well, I'm going to ask you uh, that you uh, you beat uh, I think it was Rostam Akman in your last fight. If I'm pronouncing that yeah, correctly, yeah, it is Rostam Akman. That was yeah. a semi-final of the welterweight tournament. Yeah. My stupid question is that he has to be. One of, if not the hairiest MMA fighters I've ever seen in my life. It's, was he breaking like an etiquette rule there? Is there like an unwritten rule oh, in MMA I, where you I, go, we're going to be grappling. How dare you have a hairy oh, back? Like, What's have you seen on? me? Not a hair on my body. You know what I mean? It looks like a complete opposite, you look, right? You look so young, though, that it yeah. doesn't look like you could grow a hair <laughs> on your chest. Dude, Do I can I get like a little mustache, you have a little mole here, it goes a little bit past, and I get a little, a little, a bit of dirt, what it looks like on my soul patch. Yeah, soul a little patch. bit of dirt. It looks like I left a bit of chocolate or something on my face. Um, <laughs> now, my dad told me that he couldn't grow a beard until he was like in his 30s. Like, it just, it, his face ran out grew, and he was like, you're probably the same. Um, but yeah, I, so I was under the illusion that that isn't like, that, you're not allowed to be that hairy. I remember, I <laughs> dude. I'm pretty. I I swore that I I I listened to something on YouTube or a podcast one time, and I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone, so I'm not going to mention any names. But I remember it was like, I think it was talking about like showering, like someone wouldn't shower before a fight, right? Because they would stink and no one want to grapple with them, which makes absolute sense, by the way. It's actually cheating the system. It's brilliant, right? It's ingenious. <laughs> if I went to grab you and you stung, I'm like, like, no way I'm going to do it. Do you know what I mean? You just want to get out. I'm going to, I'm going to punch you here. That's probably what your man wanted. Yeah. But no, I don't think there's a rule on body hair. But I tell you what, like, my coach was like slapping me like they were all on my face, like on my face and the back of my hands. <laughs> I picked up a gun shield, and the first thing I did was like, <laughs> oh, "No way!" I actually think if you go back, if you go back and look at when I, I get my hand raised, I like, I'm like picking out of my mouth because it's just there. It's like, oh, it's filth. Yeah, it's filth. It's disgusting. <laughs> that, look, is, that is the way. He's, that, that is gross. Again, that's the way he's built. You know what I mean? Quite, yeah. Like, of course he can shave, but if he's comfortable, and that's the way he's happy, and that's it. You know what I mean? Eat it around. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I've always thought that, like, because you, you see a lot of fighters that you go, you you should be hairy, but I'm sure you must, like, shave. I don't know if it's, like, some kind of advantage in the grappling oh, in terms of, like, is. being sweaty and slipping out of fights. Yeah, like, yeah. I, have, I have legs like a fawn. Like, I have incredibly hairy legs. Like, if they wanted to make a Narnia-based show <laughs> without any special effects, they should call me to play Mr. Tumnus because my legs Mr. are Tumnus. absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> You're like... Um, but, uh, but yeah, flip, no, I just Nanny is a great film. The yeah. past in the past, <laughs> Mr. Thomas. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it definitely is. Have you ever tried to grab a fish? I've never tried to grab a fish. Well, Some people never... may have seen me punch a fish, but oh. you know. <laughs> 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 but I've never grabbed it. 
<laughs> oh, dude, I completely forgot about that. That's so good. Honestly, I've, I've watched that so many times. It is possibly one of the funniest things ever. Just the way, I know I know it's obviously the show, but just the way you just look at it, you just say that. Uh, well, I take it was ridiculous. It was like it was like two days before it got freezing cold. There was like a snow blizzard just came across the UK, and the the fish's head was really hard. Like I'm saying, saying this to someone that punches people for a living, so I'm sure you've got no sympathy. But I wasn't even wearing four ounce gloves. It was just my fist, and it was you know it was a dead fish. But you know, I didn't actually kill a fish. Just for anyone worrying. It was, you know, it was a dead fish, but it was a really fucking hard head for my like weedy little hands, and it was freezing cold. And you know, it's worse when it's cold if you get hit with a football or a flick behind the ear or something like that. And my knuckles for the next day or two were properly bruised, like really swollen up. That was meant to happen. I was meant to bring up a fish. That was meant to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's it. That's the best thing to build up with, dude. Caught you pushing a fish in a bubble, <laughs> and the player gets shot up in the middle of the harbor. Oh, uh, <laughs> dude! Man. I have to say, while we're on it, one of the best shows anyone could ever oh, watch. Thanks, it man. was, it was like, I, it's, it's just brilliant. Like, oh, oh, it's absolutely insane. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've watched, I've pissed myself watching that show. Like, it was, it was just so fucking funny. Oh, oh, it's you know what? It's just it's brilliant, and it's I'd say it's cool for you to like look back at it and go, yeah, we were probably the biggest like one of the best one of the best series that's ever been out there. Because that was really to be it. Like, thanks very much. Oh, man. I cannot, I cannot believe that I that that led to the fish conversation. I cannot. Oh, <laughs> like that is that is the shit in life that like I was absolutely meant to say a wet fish there, like a fish. Like I was one hundred percent meant to say that, and that was what you were meant to reply. Like that is it. Um, but yeah, in regards uh, to people being hairy, which is really conversation, <laughs> drag, drag the interview back. Come on, it is um, when you shave your legs and your legs get wet from like I don't shave my legs, so I don't care. It doesn't yeah. make a difference. I, I'm so sweaty anyway. People do. It's like trying to like when you like when people go fishing, they try to catch a fish. It's like it just slides. Yeah, it's just had. It just it's it's gone. And I, it, it is an advantage, but like yeah. stress it out. Like I just go in and fight. Like, like again, my aspect is if someone is going to come up to me on the street and go, "Hey, do you want to fight?" Am I going to actually can I just go home and shave my legs? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I'm just going to you're just going to do it. So just do it while you've got. It's the same as we fight. Talk about like middleweight. Like, all right, yeah, cool. Let's do it. Like I'm not going to ask someone on the street. Like, what way are you? No, just to clarify, I've never been in a street fight. Touch wood, I never will be because I don't have to absolutely destroy some poor bloke. But um, yeah, it, it, it is definitely, it, it can definitely be used to an advantage. But I don't want to mess with the disadvantages of potential like locks and on the ground and yeah. my, my attacking sequences. So I'll just leave it the way it is and do what, do what I've done in the, in the past because it's absolutely working. So yeah. yeah. Well, we spoke about. Um like pre-fight and and, and 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 leading up to that and and and, and size and stuff like that. So I, I want to just kind of, as we start to wrap it up, think of the more kind of fun things, which is what's your routine post-fight? Pizza and Skittles. Pizza and Skittles. <laughs> everyone well, says, I, I, to be I, fair, I, pretty much everyone says pizza. Skittles is a new one. 
but pizza's oh. one we get a lot. I love pizza, right? Yeah. I, like, I, I think you hear pizza a lot, and then there's me. Yeah. Um, after every fight, I'm like, pizza and skills. Um, skills are my favourite. Um, Can you eat it all? Because we had Jack Shaw, I think it was Jack Shaw on, and he said that like he gets really carried away, and he's like, babes, order the pizza. But then he has about two slices and goes, oh, now I feel a bit sick. <laughs> no, you're just... Like, you're going to eat that? Yeah. <laughs> you're on it. Oh, dude, I'm a, I'm a horse when it comes to food. I I just, I don't even ask people, do they want pizza? I just buy like four pizzas and just put them on the ground and put them on the table and go, yeah, you can work away. And I'm just there eating everything. I'm just stuffing my, my, my ideal night after a fight is to eat so much pizza, sweets, be around, be in a good energy, a good vibe with the people I've worked my ass off with to get to the fight and the people I love. And then, KO. Yeah. Go to bed, wake up tomorrow and just have a big smile on my face. Um so yeah. Um that's there. Yeah, yeah. Post fight is pizza and skittles and have a good fucking time. Lovely. And what um so what's your thing that you do to relax? When you're outside the gym, when you're either leading up to a big fight or even just after fights, well what what's your kind of like I mean, you've mentioned golf. So golf, I suppose, is one of the things you do. Is there, is there anything else or is, is that your, your main thing recently? Golf. I've, I really, really, really enjoy getting out and playing some golf. I think it's, it's, it's competitive, but it's casual. Um, like I go out, you, you're talking about like a nine holes is two hours, four, 18 holes is a four-hour walk. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you're not, it's not strenuous on the body. It's, it's, like, obviously, I'm not going to go out playing the rain or shitty weather because I'm not an idiot. I'm not yeah. going to get sick by playing golf. But, like, on days like today when it's nice and warm and sunny out, it's like, I'll just go out in my shorts, in a T-shirt, hit a couple balls. If I'm on my own or with my mates, great. Like, it doesn't really matter. I enjoy going out on my own as well to think. And just, I do a lot of, a lot, a lot of kind of, like, visualization out there. And, and I just, I'm like, right, that shot land. And then I'm just... It's also just time to not think of anything and just play. Just just yeah. play play the game and play golf. And yeah, other than that, I just like to sit in and just just like listen to songs and chill out. And I, I, I have a lot of baths leading up to the fight. I like to sit in the bath, just lie down, put um put some like tunes on and just sit there and chill out. It's just like I'm I'm quite an easy going person, like in regards to that. Like I'm I'm the most hyper like person you'll ever meet when I'm up and going, but I'm also like just chill at the same time when I need to chill and need to relax I am just completely relaxed um but yeah so I would say golfing is my main thing to relax um and I just I really enjoy it I, I will absolutely find the time no matter what it is to play golf because I just enjoy the headspace and what it, what it, what it brings to me for the fight like it's it's it yeah it's that that's definitely my my relaxation my my, my time to just be me and chill out you mentioned visualisation. And so with that in mind, I've got two questions for you, right? Yeah. Jack Grant fight. What's, what's the, what, what you're saying? How's that going to go? And then you sign the deal with the UFC. Dream first fight in the UFC. Right. So Jack Grant is going to be a finish. And I don't care how it happens. I have the shots in mind. Um, I have a couple of shots in mind. But... All can change in the next two weeks of training because I might pick up something else. I might cop on something else. But yeah, I have a, I have a, I have a very, I will, um, 
I will, I will, I will say it the week of the fight. Probably, I'll tell a lot of people how I'm going to finish the fight the week of the fight. But it's going to be a stoppage, and I think it'll be early. I think it'll be. I, I, I'll give Jack the respect. I think he'll get out of the first round just because the pace will be slow. I think he'll look to come out and start fast. He's going to have to take me down. If he thinks he's going to stand at me, he's an idiot. Um, he's going to have to try to take me down and sub me, which is hilarious because he's never been subbed in his life um, in a pro fight. And people are all talking about, oh, Gary's going to get subbed. All his friends and family and his, 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 like his fans are saying, I'm going to get subbed. It's like, Jack tries to take me to the ground. I'm going to sub him. So good luck. Good luck, because I will. I have that ego that I will absolutely be him where he's best. I think everybody in the world knows that that I have that ego. Do you know what I mean? I will. So I will beat him where he is meant to be best. But I do think I'm going to finish him in the let's say second round, mid second round, three four minutes into the second round. I think I'll finish him. I think he won't be able to handle the pace and he'll quit. And then in regards to the dream UFC fight. I don't really know. I was. I. I've always said I'd like to fight someone like Mike Perry because everybody knows who he is. Yeah, and he's someone at the moment who is lower down the rankings due to the the, the bad the bad run he has. But I also don't want to fight someone who's on a bad run. Um. But I'd like to fight someone who's got a name. Like I'd fucking love to fight Diaz. Like I'd absolutely murder him. Um. <laughs> like. like <laughs> Great, you're tough, you're durable. You absorb punches with your face. Great, you're not going to beat me. Um, I'd love to fight him, but I, I generally, look, let's say Diaz, do you know what I mean? Let's just say that, big name, but it's never going to happen, but like, maybe eventually it will. Maybe. But the, the dream fight is whatever fight is going to get me the biggest fucking statement I can. Let's put it that way. Yeah. The future has arrived. That's what we want. Well, I mean, I, I know we've we've probably run well over what our time was meant to be, but um, Dude, we, 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 I have I have to ask one thing. Go ahead, because it's been like something that slightly kind of made me go, "What? What is that?" And it's the celebration that you do. Right. Like, what? What is right. it? I don't right. know what it is. <laughs> right? Have you seen the gift? Right? The video of the little kid in a green T-shirt. At the stadium, at the like, like I think it's like a baseball or a basketball stadium with his dad and his mates, right? No, and all the dads, and, all the dads and the mates just sit there and they see themselves on the big screen. You know, like, right? Yeah, the dads are like, "Hey, the points." The little kid, I, I do it. I'll send it to you. You have to know, right? Please do. The little kid, I'll do it. The, have the photos and all here. I'll take this out one second. My phone's on the stand. Where am I gone? Right, the little kid stands up. And he does this, right? <laughs> he does this, right? And, and he does this one, right? It is the best thing. He stands up. And, <laughs> and that's his reaction. That is natural reaction to being on the big screen. Everyone goes, and he's like, ah. It's just it's the stupidest, funniest thing in the world. And I just I send that to my like I send that gift to my mates all the time. And I'm like, this is me. Like, that is that is my reaction if I'm on a big screen, like top off, like jocks up. Like, uh, it's was, I'm gonna send you it and you're gonna understand it. And it's you'll you'll exactly understand what it what it is. It's it's brilliant. 
it's I, so it's way more wholesome than I thought it would be because when I look at it out of you know context as I have done when I've watched your fights, it it looks a bit creepy. I do. It, <laughs> looks, it, so it looks absolutely stupid, but like it's hilarious if you know if you know what it is, you will piss yourself. If you don't, I'm know gonna what it love is. it from now on. Yeah. From now on, it's gonna be my favorite celebration. <laughs> I, mean, I can't wait. Me and my best mate, like, I will see my best mate when I'm driving down the road, and I'll be, like, in my car, and I'll see him, and I'll be like that. Like, in the, <laughs> and he'll do it back to me, and it's just, it's, it's so funny. It's just, it's such a stupid celebration. But, like, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you're going to, and you know what, like, my missus is saying, it, it creates engagement. People are like, what is that celebration? Like, that is- yeah, well, definitely. Yeah. I couldn't care if people say it's the worst celebration. Did you see what I did to the bloke? Yeah. Exactly. What is he? <laughs> Snoring. You know what I mean? Face down, ass up. Like, <laughs> I, I, it's, just, it's just something funny and people love it. I'm like, when I didn't, I didn't do it in my, in my second, in my, not my last one, but the one before that. And people were like, what the heck? And I was like, I had to say something to the commentary. Like, in regards to this welterweight tournament, like, I feel like, not that I've been shafted, I think that's a bit aggressive, but, like, I feel like it's been, desi- it's been, it's been like, made to slow me down. As in, I should have got the belt against Austin. Yeah. But no one else had a win in the division because everyone else shit the bed and lost. So they make this whole tournament to go, okay, we're going to have two guys that win, and then the winners are going to fight. So it's like, yeah, so just give me the belt because I'm, I'm not going to lose. And then find someone for me to win or to, to beat. And it's like that whole thing. It's like I have to get on the mic and be like, this, like, this is mine. Anybody who wants that belt, they have to come see me. And guess what? Jack Grant wants to win that belt. He's got to come see me. It's my division. I'm the best welterweight in Europe outside the UFC. I'm the best welterweight in Europe in my mind. Do you know what I mean? And anyone who wants to have an argument with me about that, great. Get into the cage, come to my gym, and let's see. Because I'm. I'm pretty sure I'm going to win that one. Mate, it's been an absolute joy chatting to you. Can't wait to watch you fight. And best of luck, man. Get that belt. And, mate, you are going to light up the UFC like a firework, man. Dude, it's going to be like the 4th of July when I step into that trade. When I win now, people are just going to be like, what the heck just happened? Put on a show. Again, I want to make statement after statement after statement. I can talk to talk. I can walk to walk. I work my ass off, and I'm going to make sure I do this as best as I physically can. Well, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate the time. I appreciate you taking time out of your day and talking to me. And it's been great talking about punching fists. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, honestly, mate, it's it's been great. I've had a lovely time. I'm, I'm just the interview I've had with. I, it went to the most least likely place when you started singing uh, "Go Grease Lightning." So uh, I will Ooh. always appreciate that. We're definitely <laughs> clipping that and putting it out there. So, dude, you, you can know. do what you want with it. Once you put the clip of you and then you smash the fish in the face, we're good. If you don't do that, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> the video of you just looking at it and then just going. So, uh, no, it's been a pleasure. It's, it's, it's. Uh, I've had a great time. It's been a great interview. And in three weeks' time tomorrow, I'm going to go out there and become a world champion. And it's been a pleasure to talk to you about the, the journey so far. Brilliant. Maybe we'll be back on soon afterwards when we when I have this gold belt wrapped around my waist. And I'm sitting here going, "Hey, I told you." Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll hold you to that, man. We'll we'll yeah. get you back on for that, and hopefully, we'll we'll yeah, we'll see you again at some point soon. Absolute pleasure, lads. I'm absolutely 100. percent All the best, mate. Take care, boys. Cheers, man. Stay safe, stay sexy.
I mean, that was incredible. He, without a shadow of a doubt, is the future. I mean... I'm on board. I'm on that train, mate. I'm with you. I've bought a ticket. I'm on the train. Uh, and if that train blares out some more Grease musical numbers, then I'll love that even more. You know, I, I did not expect... I did not expect him to bust out the Danny Zuko. And for those of you that are just listening to this, this is just a podcast format. I mean, he properly, like, swept his hair back as if he was combing it back a la John Travolta. Yeah. He was. He really went for it. He's, he's got a future. The, the, the arm was out with the fingers for the grease lightning oh, dance. Oh, was it the just... The whole thing, mate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, there is a guy that don't do anything by halves. He does not do anything by halves, and I love him for it. I mean, it was such a great, great chat. And, uh, yeah, he's just, he's just a fun guy. The fact that, you know, he's... He... He is very confident. Some people, some people are turned off by by a huge amount of confidence, and I have to say, sometimes I am. Sometimes I find these people that are overly confident, and as a human being that's maybe not got a huge amount of confidence in, in myself, um, I, I, I'm turned away by overly confident people. But I didn't feel that with Ian at all because he had such a smile on his face. He was really loving what he was talking about, what he was saying. And he threw in a little bit of self-deprecation as well, which always warms me to two people. He thinks a lot of himself, but he doesn't mind bringing himself down a peg or two either. And that's a lovely combination to have. Absolutely. And, and, and that self-confidence and talking about what he's going to do in his upcoming fights and what he wants to do. He was never necessarily disrespectful. No about any of his opponents or, or anybody. And, and I think that's what, you know, that's when you get it right. Mm. And, and, and I think, like, yeah, I, it, the more cameras that are, are on that young man, the, the, the bigger star he's going to be. And, Absolutely. Yeah, and I can't wait. I can't wait to see it happen. Um, we mentioned at the beginning um, that if this is your first time listening, then go and explore uh, the back catalogue. There's probably 15 episodes now, and, and you know, we've, we've spoke to some absolute greats from from UFC and, and, and Bellator and, and, and some people that you're going to recognise um, off the TV as well. So so go and have a, a rummage in the archives of this podcast and uh, and see what you can find. And we're on we're on the social medias, right, Blake? We're on social. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. You can find us there. We're doing a little bit of fight news when we can, and we're telling you all about the uh, the the podcast and the different episodes coming up. You may or may not uh, see me in in some kind of old-fashioned Russian military gear from the <laughs> 1800s talking about these very episodes that you've now listened to. Uh, so we try and have as much fun with it as we possibly can, and uh, we hope you're enjoying these, in, listening to these interviews as much as we are. Uh, you know, talking through them and uh, and doing them. It's 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 been a great experience so far. Absolutely. Just search MMA Fan Podcast on, on, on all the social media platforms and you'll find us. Give us a like, love, share, retweet. Drop us a message. Let us know who you'd like to hear us, you know, chat to and let us know what your thoughts are on the podcast. We'll be back next time, Blake. We will. Catch you later, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. We slide in the burning of the corner, we slide in the go, we slide in the go, we <laughs>